Because knowing yourself isn't just another buzzword. Knowing yourself is the first step toward becoming the empowered individual you know you can be. Your healing comes through your willingness to feel and explore and to look back, not with eyes of victimhood and blame, but with eyes intent on understanding. Are you ready to journey inward? I'm your host, Shauna Galbrand. This is Know Yourself. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for listening or for watching. I appreciate you. Whether you are tuned into this episode of my podcast, Know Yourself, or you're watching on my YouTube channel, Shauna Galbrand Light, I am grateful for you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and share this audio recording or this video recording with the women in your circle. As always, my hope is that you are healthy, happy, and taking action steps on your highest excitements. So continuing the conversation again today, uh, for those of you listening, I just took a sip of tea, so that's what that pause was. But for those of you, yeah, no, start again. Hello and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Whether you are listening on my podcast, Know Yourself, or you're watching on my YouTube channel, Shauna Galbrand Light, please know that I am grateful for the fact that you tuned in. If you like what you are hearing, please feel free to share this podcast episode or this video with the women in your circle. And don't forget to follow the podcast if you're not right now, or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that bell for notifications. And uh, again, like and share this video and this uh, podcast episode. Continuing the conversation, because that's what I see for the foreseeable future, the conversation, the topic of women speaking their truth. Now, I mentioned in my last video how there are two sides of this coin. There are the women who don't speak up, who remain silent or passively speak their truth. And then there are the women who are um, hurtful and insensitive and aggressively speak their truth because they're uh, defending their sovereignty. Now, a woman can ride the pendulum and, and swing between the two where she's silent and doesn't speak up until she cannot take it anymore. And she swings over to the other side, hurling all sorts of insults and accusations. So those are the two sides of the coin and the fact that we can ride that pendulum and we stay in these cycles until we become aware of it. And once we are more aware, then we can develop the skills to um, dissolve those cycles and transform our behavior. In the last episode, that I recorded in the last video I recorded, I talked a little bit at the end about the process that I have gone through in my own experience and in my own practice. And this is what I want to touch on a little bit today. The idea of the fears and the beliefs that women carry around 
that is determining their behavior when it comes to how, when, and with whom they speak their truth. So, the root of a woman's self-centered controlling behavior is fear. When a woman is controlling, manipulative, aggressive, rigid, and aggressively speaking her truth, she's trying to manage her fears. When she micromanages, it's because she is searching for security and safety. She holds a deep inner fear of the unknown. For her, the key to having a happy life is having certainty. Control for a self-centered woman is how she hides from the pain she is afraid to be overwhelmed by. The root of a woman's people-pleasing behavior is fear. When a woman is accommodating, overly accommodating, quiet, silent, afraid, takes on the responsibility of others, and passively speaks her truth, she is trying to manage her fears. When she says yes to everything, even though she would like to say no, it's because she is searching for acceptance and belonging. She holds a deep inner fear of not being liked or needed. For her, the key to having a happy life is making sure others are happy. People-pleasing for a passive woman is how she hides from the pain she's afraid to be overwhelmed by. I want to touch for a moment or talk for a moment about the type of environment a woman grew up in that affects her throat chakra, affects her ability to balance her throat chakra. This is the seat of our truth, our energy center here at the center of our throat in our neck, represented by the color sky blue or turquoise blue. So I'm not saying that this is true for you. If you are a woman listening to this right now, it's likely that you are ready to address this part of your journey, that you're ready to start looking at your own patterns in darkness so that you can advocate for yourself, speak with compassion, remain true to yourself, define who you are, and reclaim your sovereignty. I'm not saying that you grew up in this type of environment, but it's possible that you did. So it is possible, and I'm going to be using the word she, the woman, a woman. It is possible that she grew up in a dysfunctional family where things were unpredictable, scary, and out of control. Her childhood environment, her traumas, her abuses may include lies and mixed messages, verbal abuse, constant yelling, excessive criticism, family secrets, and threats for telling anyone any of those family secrets. Authoritarian parents who often told her not to talk back and or being a member of an alcoholic
feeling vulnerable and helpless are also factors that cause a woman to overly control her life and those in it or feel overly responsible for the happiness of others. Her behavior is fueled by fear and her pain is deeply buried. As you've been listening to this, what have you been noticing in yourself in the way of any thoughts or feelings, memories, or patterns? Have you been able to recognize a fear that you may be holding on to when it comes to how you do or don't speak your truth? Now, along with the fears that a woman holds on to are her beliefs. What she is believing to be true about herself, what she's believing to be true about life around her and how life works, what she's believing to be true about feelings and emotions, and what she is believing to be true about how and when and to whom she will speak her truth. Your life is a 100% reflection. Everyone's life, let me, let me just clarify that, is a 100% reflection of your strongest beliefs, your strongest programming, and your strongest definitions. What you believe is what you experience. Your beliefs create your reality. You entered this lifetime with a set of beliefs already in place for the themes you are here to explore. Throughout early childhood and into adulthood, but mainly childhood, you picked up the beliefs of others and you were taught what to believe about yourself and what to believe about life around you. As an awake adult, as an awake adult woman, it is your responsibility to look deeply and honestly at your belief systems so that you can change them, upgrade them, renew them, and be more in alignment with who you really are, your authentic self. As you shed the programming and the conditioning and the beliefs that others placed upon you, Everything's rooted in your belief systems. Your beliefs generate fear. Fear is the belief in a reality you don't prefer, one you would not prefer to experience. The fears you carry determines your behavior. The fear fuels your behavior. I wanna talk for a moment about something that I refer to as a new narrative. But this is, this is a process that we all go through. And it goes like this. An event happens, a story is created, a meaning is assigned, a behavior is determined, and an outcome transpires. So it's event. Something happens in your life. You immediately create a story around it. And it's very likely, I, I believe that most of us have that tendency 
to spin a negative story, especially if we're triggered. And that story or stories that we spin or create are rooted in our childhood wounds, in our trauma, in our sadness, in our pain, in our hurts, in what we've been taught to believe. So an event happens, the story is created. The second millisecond that story is created, a meaning is assigned, which means a feeling emerges. From that story and that feeling, those two things determine how you behave. And your behavior determines the outcome. This is a process that we, like I said, we all do this. And we could do it multiple times a day. And many of us are unconscious to the fact that we're even doing it. Now, the reason I refer to it as a new narrative is because when you become aware of it, you can change that story to something that's more supportive and loving. When you do, you generate a better feeling, a higher vibrational feeling. That higher vibrational feeling leads to a more productive, um, loving behavior. And that behavior generates a more positive and preferred outcome. Okay, so I'm sharing this with you because in my experience of learning how to speak my truth directly and honestly and from a place of love and compassion, the practice of actually speaking and communicating and expressing myself through my voice wasn't the most difficult part of the truth speaking equation. For me, it was the practice of becoming a skillful host to the feelings and emotions that were driving my behavior. Saying the words, to me, is the easy part. The challenge is becoming aware of what was going on in my inner world in regards to the stories I was spinning and the feelings that I was feeling. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the practice of conscious awareness. My willingness to, uh, not only my willingness, but my willingness and my ability to look with eyes of honesty at my own patterns, at my own darkness, as I mentioned before. And I learned how to sit with my feelings and emotions. I learned to engage with them, to cultivate and build a relationship with them through curiosity and understanding. I became ready to greet the uncomfortable feelings the ones I was so desperately trying to avoid. Because that's what we do, right? That's what so many of us were trained and taught and conditioned to do. Run away from, avoid, fear, hate, suppress, stuff down, manage, control our feelings and emotions, which leads to all manner of distraction and compulsion and addictions. You cannot fully speak your truth knowingly, directly, and lovingly without knowing yourself as consciously as possible. As you shed the layers of the proverbial onion, <clears throat> as you shed the layers of who you are not, 
the beliefs, the fears, the stories of who you should be and how life should be. You expose more layers, more magnificent layers of light, more layers of who you really are, the more authentic you. And the more authentic you are with yourself, the easier it is to be more authentic with the people in your life that matter most. I want to come back now to what I was talking about, that new narrative and that process that we all go through that I'm hoping you're now more aware of when an event happens in your life, especially if you're triggered into a strong emotion, to understand that you immediately create a story, a feeling is immediately generated. Those two things determine your behavior and your behavior determines your outcome. I worked with that, but I began at the end, and that's what I want to talk about. I also want to share with you that I refer to these habits or these patterns of not speaking your truth or aggressively speaking your truth as compulsions. We have the compulsion to remain silent. We have the compulsion to aggressively defend our sovereignty. Compulsions are like waves. They begin to build and then they crest. There are three parts to this wave. There is the beginning, the middle, and the end. Maybe I can go this way. I'm just like always going to my right. It can be, because I know from experience, virtually impossible, especially in those moments where I go from calm to rage in 0.2 seconds, it is virtually impossible to do the work at the beginning of the wave or even in the middle of the wave. It isn't until after the wave has crested and the water has receded can some work be done. So that's where I began, the end of that process, the end of the wave, and slowly worked my way back. So for example, an outcome that's not your preference, and I'm in relation to speaking or not speaking your truth. You don't speak your truth or you passively speak your truth. The outcome is someone took advantage of you again and you're feeling um, resentment. Or the outcome is you now have to clean up the mess you made in a relationship that's important to you and you're apologizing for your behavior and you know, you're hoping that this person will accept your apology. These are outcomes. Now you can start there, start at the end of the wave. The compulsional compulsion wave of compulsion has passed. Start to look back. What was my behavior? Well, my behavior was I remained silent and I didn't advocate for myself and I didn't speak up. Or my pattern was I was manipulative and critical and hurtful with my words as a means to get what I want. So those were the behaviors. And then you take a step back and you ask, what was it that I was feeling in my body? What feelings and emotions can I recognize? And what story was I creating about this event that happened? 
this is where the work is in these two areas. This is where we've all been trained to distract ourselves from. The idea of becoming a skillful host to all of your feelings and emotions, especially the uncomfortable ones and the ones you don't know how to express. So working your way back will help you ease into that. And it's the same with the the new narrative, the outcome, the behavior, oh, the feeling or the emotion in the story. It's the same thing with the wave. I've gotten to the point now with practice that I can be more present as the wave is growing, as it begins. So in other words, an event happens that triggers me. I can be more present now in the moment of the event to check in at that time before I start or just slightly after I start spinning a negative story to then begin to shift it and change and transform what I'm believing to be true, my thoughts, what I'm feeling in my body, which will then change the behavior, which will then change the outcome. So my whole point is in those stories and in the feelings are the um, fears and the beliefs that we're holding on to that are generating the behavior that you're looking to change. So I encourage you to, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples here, but I encourage you to look at these habitual cycles that you're in as waves of compulsion. And can you, when you recognize you're at the end of the wave and the water has receded, take a look at what happened and work your way back through the process. And hopefully you've written this down. Eventually, you'll start to do the work in the middle of the wave. And then you'll start to do the work at the beginning of the wave. And that is going to start to transform how you are speaking your truth and with whom you are doing that. So let me give you a couple of examples, a couple of personal examples here. The first one is the controlling part of me. Um, I absolutely see both sides of the coin here in myself, but I absolutely have leaned on the side of being more aggressive. So the example that I want to share with you is the idea of trying to control what my husband eats. I noticed because I've this is what I want to do. I want to notice my patterns. I've noticed when I start micromanaging what he is eating, micromanaging his eating habits, being unaware of what was going on within me, my words would be aggressive, hurtful, and critical. I would be using these hurtful words as a way of manipulating him to not eat what I think he should not be eating so that I will get my needs met. And what I need is for him to eat healthy. Now there's a question. There is a question 
that either side of the coin can ask. And on this side, the aggressive side of the coin, it sounds like this. Well, this is the question I pose to myself. What am I afraid might happen if I don't control his eating? What am I afraid might happen? What's really important, this step, when you're working backwards and you're now touching upon the feelings and the emotions and the stories, the importance of being still so that you can be free of distraction and so that you can turn your attention inwards with eyes of curiosity and with a compassionate and understanding heart. And most importantly, so you can begin to speak honest truths to yourself. So I asked, what am I afraid might happen if I don't control his eating? And this is what came up for me. I'm afraid he will get sick and he will be put on a laundry list of medications and have lots of health issues. Um, health issues that will last the rest of his life. I'm afraid that he will die before me. I'm afraid that he will just identify with his illnesses and his disease. And that is a trigger from my family. In other words, I'm afraid of being alone, or I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of being abandoned. In other words, I didn't trust life. And in a way for me to be certain that he was going to live as long as me, that he was going to be as healthy as I need him to be, I began to control and uh, manipulate him aggressively, um, very insensitively, so that I could get my needs met. So that's one side of the coin. I also went to the other side and I recognized my codependent self, my codependency, and relationships, my people-pleasing. Even though I wouldn't, like, not consciously identify as that woman who is more passive, like I said, I leaned towards the side of aggressive. You've heard me say I've been called brutally honest and painfully honest. But the truth is, there, there were times that I didn't speak up, that I was very passive, and I did everything I could to please people around me. There's one particular relationship that really stands out for this. And once I started to do the work around that relationship, I could see the whole pattern of my life and my codependency with countless relationships through my life, leading all the way back to childhood. There were many times that I wouldn't speak up even though I could sense the red flags when my intuition, that subtle voice was saying, this is wrong. You need to say something here. I didn't. I would modify and adjust my words 
and my behaviors to keep other people happy. So I asked, what am I afraid might happen if I didn't sit idly still and spoke up? What would happen if I spoke up as a means of remaining true to myself? What am I afraid might happen? And this is what I came up with. I'm afraid that that person won't like me anymore. They will think that I am a horrible person and they won't want to be my friend anymore. I understood that I was holding on to a belief that it's not safe to be fully me and still have deep relationships in my life. I thought they will abandon me. How's that, right? Have you noticed that that's been a theme for both sides of the coin? Clearly dealing with some abandonment issues, but that's for another conversation. But one thing I really did notice when I was on that side of, you know, the codependency and people pleasing, I discovered and uncovered this belief that I need them. I need these people. That story I was telling myself, I need this person in my life. My codependent self would see them and say, they look stronger and more capable than me. I can't do it on my own. I need these people. That would generate certain feelings that led to the behavior of, I'm going to please you so you don't leave me. You don't abandon me. That was really, really powerful. Now, of course, we are social creatures. We're here for relationship. It's all, life is all about relationships. But there's a difference between being in a codependent relationship than being in a relationship where I am centered at my core. I know who I am. And I remain true to myself in the relationship. That's when you know you have balance, right? So that was a huge, huge aha moment for me when I realized that I've been telling myself that I need these people in my life. So I did the work. I'm not going to go into all of that right now, but I wanted to give you the examples of how the fears and the beliefs show up for each side of <clears throat> the truth-speaking woman and how those fears and beliefs are driving our behaviors. So as a recap, considering, I invite you to consider that process that we all go through. The event, the story, the feeling, the behavior, the outcome. And to become aware of your own patterns and see them as a wave of compulsion. And that when you know the wave has ended, that you can look back, you can take some steps back to notice your behavior and then to be willing to explore gently any feelings and emotions that were causing the behavior. And then explore gently with honesty and eyes of compassion the stories that you were spinning in your mind. Now I haven't I haven't mentioned this. This is going to be another recording 
the inner child, your inner child plays a huge role in how and when and with whom you speak your truth. Those areas of feelings and stories can generate a lot of memories. They can generate the wounds and the trauma and the hurts and the sadness of our early childhood. And this is why the inner child plays such a huge role. There's a time to do this work and there is not a time to do this work and you will be able to tell the difference. Again, I invite you to be in the, that practice of self-awareness, honest self-investigation, bringing along with you an open and compassionate heart and a willingness to look at your own patterns and your own darkness. I am complete. Thank you so much for tuning in. Notice yourself to know yourself. Be in harmony and relationship with yourself first. Aveo.